Come on. Yep. Welcome to Season 2 of the Everyman Upland Podcast, Episode 2. I'm your host, Sam Baker, joined today by Henry Norman. Hey guys, how's it going? And Jace Brooks. What's up, Jace? What's going on, guys? As always, Jace is calling in from Middle Georgia somewhere. Do you consider uh, where you live Middle Georgia? Yeah. Uh, I would say more Southeast Georgia. Uh, oh, I mean, okay. I'm only I'm only fifty fifty miles from Savannah, so. Oh, okay, gotcha. I can get to the coast pretty quick. For sure, for sure, awesome. Um, we might talk about that a little later in the podcast because today uh, we are going to talk about our top five kind of off-season goals because if you live in Georgia, pretty much all across our country, bird seasons are either have already wrapped up or coming to a close. And so we are getting ready for that off-season time. Um, just as always, we're still sponsored by Quail Ridge Plantation, quailridgeplantation.com. Uh 50-second season, pretty much in the books. Yep, we've got just a few hunters this weekend and no more reservations after that. So be burning the woods and yep, that's it. 50, getting, re- getting ready for next year. Season 54. Got, got some off-season goals to take care of for Quail Ridge. <laughs> Big time. So um, if you're looking to book a hunt, uh, I think last episode we mentioned, um, you know, try to get into that like December, November time slot. Um, it doesn't seem to fill up quite as fast. Everybody thinks you got to, you know, wait until March. That's probably not the best bet. It's not really the best time. Um, November, December is good, but if you can only book in March, it's better than not going at all. So go over to com. There's a number there. Send you to somebody that you can book a hunt with next year. Or next season. It won't really be next year. Yeah, I always – my years are – are you yeah. guys like that? Oh, yeah. They're my, uh, my, yeah. my year revolves around the quail se- my yeah. <laughs> hunting season. So, Yep. So, um, all right. So, speaking of, uh, is there anything you guys want to mention uh, before we get rolling into our list? Oh, uh, let's, let's get it cranking. Yeah, I got – well, I got a little – Something's been going on with one of my dogs recently. Moose, my English cocker, had a he had a lung infection. Mm. It was pretty serious, but we think he's we've got him figured out and he's on the mend. So keep your nice. keep your fingers crossed that he'll come out of it everything okay. But uh, he's looking looking a whole lot better than he was this time last week. So this was a rough season for working cocker spaniels. I think yeah. several of us. If not all the guides I know with Cocker Spaniels, they went down for yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Scott had his uh, his dog Barney had that abscess, and yeah, we yeah Brian Brian's had an abscess hmm. uh, as well. Had to be drained. Uh, Towser just got kind of run down. He had a day. He he had to take some days off, and then uh, yeah, hate to hear that. Taking care of our dog. What they say caused that. They're not sure. So I originally took him in because he had what looked like an abscess on his rib cage. And that was what I was taking him for. But, you know, he was kind of off, off his feet. He was losing weight. Um, and so I took him in for that and they were originally going to put him under and take that abscess out. 
and I'm not even sure what the what the abscess was or what caused it. it it's kind of in a funny spot on his ribs, but they while while there we found out that he had a lot of fluid on his in his lungs and uh so they said we we definitely need to take care of this before we do anything about his abscess. So hopefully we'll get all that taken care of. The antibiotics he's on should take care of the problem and then we'll see about the rest of it. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. So probably no cocker cleanup for Moose. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you wouldn't know it. He's in high spirits now. I've been, uh, he's just been hanging out on the porch. Yeah. And, uh, anytime I go outside, he's like right there at my heels, ready to go hunting. Ready to roll. Nice. Well, um, so last week or last episode, uh, we talked about, um, top five lessons we learned from this past season. Mm -hmm. Henry wasn't able to be there. I'm sure he's got lessons. He'll just drop that wisdom on you throughout season two. So I'm sure you'll (laughs) get it. Um, This week we get, we're going to, that was looking back. Now we're looking forward. Top five things to do in the off season. Now we had to kind of narrow it down to upland related things, dog related, upland related stuff. Cause I got a lot to do during the off season not upland related um but jace i feel like you're the you're the kickoff guy yeah let's do it let's do it well i'm gonna be on uh not on the trend on the upland my number one or or my wife would probably smack me upside the head a little bit but i'm having a kid in july so that's gonna kind of change my uh my off season a little bit yeah uh really (laughs) (laughs) by a little bit i mean a lot of bit so um looking forward to that uh and uh yeah that transition so that's gonna be awesome and uh super super pumped about that but uh was that her laughing in the background no no know. she wasn't laughing no. <laughs> <laughs> she's right. not here right now thank goodness uh i foresee but, fewer instagram posts of jace getting <laughs> woodcock yeah. and quail yeah. and ducks next season yeah yeah more uh, baby I think I, I mean, I would like to think that I'll still be able to do that, but uh, I, I'm, I'm probably sadly mistaken. You but. keep living in that fantasy world, my, <laughs> that's my right, guy. That's right. Our, go- oh, our goal, my bonus number uh, six would be off-season goal: let Jace live that dream until <laughs> July. <laughs> Don't pop exactly. that bubble. Exactly. Oh man. So, yeah. So that'll. That's that's my. My off season right now, kind of in a nutshell, but I'll uh, I'll transition to my my other one. I, I'd put that one just kind of as a uh, obviously that's that's a life change and uh, super excited about that. I know y'all have got children, so something that uh, y'all can talk on as well. But yeah, looking forward to that. Um, other thing I'm really uh, this this off season kind of upland related is uh really kind of tapping into the habitat management right now mm-hmm. um great opportunity to burn um kind of I, I went this afternoon after work and kind of went and looked at some of my clover plots and uh, just some of my food plots and stuff that uh hadn't really looked at since deer season and uh with turkey season coming up um wanting to kind of pay attention to those so um just getting out and about thinking about the birds, not just during the season, but off season as well. And, and thinking about where they're going to be uh, raising chicks and eating and raising their broods and everything in between. So if 
for me, my, my focus is, is on that right now. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to that and tapping into that a lot. So my number five kind of goes along with that. Cause I wrote down, um, that my, one of my off season goals, and it's technically not off season because it will be during Turkey season, but it's to get a, get a nice gobbler this year. Oh, yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. It's been a, it's been a while since I've actually connected on a Turkey. I haven't put in the work in years past. So that's, that's one of my goals for this year is to actually get a Turkey. Yeah. Heck yeah. Actually an upland bird. It's mm-hmm. part of our, uh, internally anyway, it's part of our up Georgia upland slam. Uh, we talk about the Georgia upland slam being all the upland species in Georgia in one hunting season. So, um, yeah, if you don't get the Turkey, no chance at the slam. You're out. You're out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my number five, I'm just going to start with, uh, getting in shape um it's not like i feel like i'm totally out of shape but you know ever since the kid came along it kind of slowed down my ability to get in the gym and do different stuff so um she's three now and there's no more excuse time so it's just time to, like get in shape and uh slim down you know I, I didn't feel bad this season like i couldn't hang we don't you know we're, it's not like we're hiking up mountains all the time or anything like that, but I'd like to be able to if if that's what it called for. So um, just going to kind of take some time now to work on getting back into shape. The physique. Yeah, the, the physique. <laughs> Upland physique. Um, yeah, I mean, if I'm ever going to, you know, make it big time, got to have the look, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I'm gonna leave that there. All right, <laughs> leave that on the table. Just getting in That's shape. Right. Uh, part part of that journey is I've been invited um, by a guy who goes to our church to uh, he wants to get started in jujitsu, uh, Brazilian jujitsu, and it's something that I've done in the past and been really into. Uh, yeah. Henry invites me all the time. He's giving me a look. He's wearing a jujitsu shirt right now. <laughs> but uh, I was like, okay, I feel like, I, you know, it's not like it's a sign or anything, but I, w- I will honor the invitation and maybe try to get back into that. It's just one of those things. It's like between church and everything else, like nights, it's like nights just get eat up so quickly. Yep. Yep, just gotta em- just gotta embrace the suck. Yeah, yeah. It's not. I, I don't mind being out. I think it's family time. That's what I'm talking about. Like it's another thing that I'll miss a night with a fam. Anyway, well, long term. Yeah, long term. Make it make it, make it more time with the family by being in better shape. Yeah, I mean, yep. I don't want to get too like in depth on this, but I kind of had that thing. Like I'm 35, and my daughter's three. So when she's 13, I'll be 45. And I just don't want to be like the deadbeat dad that can't hike up those, you know, hike up the steps to the waterfall or go climb that lighthouse or climb that mountain or do whatever she wants to do when she's 13. I want to be able to hang. So um, that's kind of like, I don't have like a quick, it's not really an aesthetic goal. I just need to like more stay healthy like you know cholesterol and all that crap that comes with it's getting older. it's a lifestyle it's yeah. a lifestyle for yeah. sure so. yeah 
No, that's great. Um, and if I'm going to go have my picture that. taken with Jace and Henry and Shane, <laughs> you know, I'm the the fatty just hanging out there. Anyway, oh, moving man. on. You got to have goals. You These have freaking goals. models that I hang out with. <laughs> yeah, Craig. Uh, um, yeah, I didn't include Craig. <laughs> Craig. Craig makes us all look bad. Uh, uh, just a little shade there. Um, I'll, I'll go off of that. Number four for me was, um, off of exercises to keep the dogs exercised. Yeah. Um, really for me, it's, it's a lot easier, uh, kind of going off of what you were just saying is it's a lot easier to keep the dogs exercise if I'm exercised as well. So mm-hmm. keep myself in shape, um, preseason, I, I, I normally run two to three times a week with the dogs um just to get them game ready off season i don't do that as much i don't do three i don't do three days a week uh normally off season but we'll do one to two days a week uh running between three and five miles and uh just really getting them tuned up um i normally off season i don't feed them as high uh, a percent uh protein during the season, I, I feed between a, a 20 and 23% protein. And off-season, I kind of drop that a little bit. Just, just uh, I don't know, wear and tear on their body. I, I, I normally wean them off about a month after season. And uh, kind of during the summer months, they don't need a bunch of extra weight on them. Uh, so I, that's just how I've done it. Um, now, when we get about a month and a half preseason, I'll start – uh, putting back the 20 plus percent protein feed and uh, we'll start hitting it hard. And at that point it's bulking season, getting ready for the season. So, um, so yeah, number four for me was just keep dogs exercise throughout the year and just keep them tuned up. Yeah, for sure. Which is a challenge in Georgia with the heat. I mean, yes. especially you get into August, uh, September or August, September. All right. Uh, Henry, number Number four. So for my number four, I put down something that I've been meaning to do and we've been talking about for a long time and really going to make an effort to make this the year that we do it. Um, but plan a Midwest upland trip in the off season to do Mm kind of early, early next season and don't have any like expectations of where to go. Um, I know we'd thrown Kansas around a little bit. Uh, we talked about it last episode and you weren't here. Oh, yeah. New Mexico. <laughs> New Mexico. That's, that's the, not that's Midwest. <laughs> but, that's not. <laughs> it's exotic. Mm, it's hot. <laughs> it is. Geography's a little off. But we'll be all right. <laughs> hey, we can double up. I think Maine uh, got talked about. Yeah, mm-hmm. it did. It got brought up. I mean, I'm not and really, you know, Every, pretty much anything outside of Georgia would be a new species for me besides like a ptarmigan, and that's just a kind of a freak thing. Those peter midgens. Yeah. Already <laughs> already got the peter midgen checked off. The nice. List. Dang, uh, wait, where'd you do that at? Alaska. I hear you. With a bow? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> a boy. <laughs> You're going to do it? Do it. Well, if you had seen these peter midgen, you would not be impressed. <laughs> No. <laughs> it was uh I, I think i shot at the same one probably like five or six times <laughs> a skilled sportsman yeah that's right that's right just throw rocks out <laughs> shout uh, out all of our so easy a caveman can do it yeah. <laughs> all those diehard target hunters 
<laughs> but where you were, I think getting to them is the challenge, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you well, just happened to be way out there. Yeah, they were. They weren't that far from where I was staying. Well, where you were staying was way out there. Yeah. That's the deal. Yeah. And they like I guess the area that I was in, they're just not used to people, so you can get pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> I just see Henry with those like ba- tractor supply, like the bear brave <laughs> compound. Oh, this was <laughs> no, this was like a recurve, like probably an eighties. It had it had like paint on it. It was painted green. Mm mm. Mm-hmm. It had been it had been uh, floating around that like camp a rattle for can. a long time, like a little rattle. Oh, can definitely. Game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some rustoleum. That pro that pro job. I still have an eight seventy that has like camo electrical duct. I mean, it's like camo electrical tape. I think that's what it's covered in to camo it out. That was a pre Cerakote. Mm-hmm. So yeah, planning a trip. Hopefully, we can get that squared away. The summer and then that is a good one. Go, I want yeah, to go. Yeah, we gotta go. I agree. I'm getting kind of itchy on that. Um, that was a good one, man. My list is terrible. Not really. Okay, so next one I'm gonna mention is I need to something I've been putting off for a long time is getting a pigeon coop design and getting some pigeons in it for off season training. For the longest time, I've I've been using uh, quail to train with, and I've been wanting pigeons, uh, but this year, having two young, real young dogs helping Caleb with Atlas, it's pretty obvious, like, why pigeons are so advantageous versus quail, and it's because pigeons don't go back down. Once they get up, they don't go back down. And so the dog just can't, like, run over to where they are, get them up <laughs> again, run them up. I mean, Lumi, especially, Lumi and Atlas could just run a bird down until it was tired and they would bring it back dead. So I was like, okay, Lumi definitely needs pigeons because quail just can't cut it. Uh, and so, yeah, that's a goal. I already have a chicken coop. Uh, it's cleaned out. Just got to convert it, put some sand in the bottom, and then start catching pigeons. But that's my goal. That's a big goal to get a pigeon coop on the property. Yeah, that's a good one. Tangible, doable. I can. Yeah. I think I can get that done. Yeah, that's a really good one. I, I thought thought about it. I, that wasn't on my list, but I can definitely uh, – maybe add that to, to, to at the end. Pigeons um, are also, uh, kind of more or less available year round. Like yeah, somebody's always kind of breeding pigeons. Quail in our area are extremely seasonal. So yes. I bet like right now it would be hard to find 10 quail to go train with. Yeah. We got, um, we actually got some business that way. Uh, cause of, one of the groups that came two weeks ago, they had a trip planned for like a year at another plantation. And, uh, they called them kind of a week or two out and said, Hey, we're not gonna have any birds for you to shoot at. So they ended up finding us, I think on Google and, uh, ended up coming and hunting here for the first time ever. And they had a blast. So 
I guess that's it can be good or bad depending yeah. on if you've if you've got birds True. it's good but but they don't really start producing again I think the earliest you can get birds is like late September to yep. even start uh training on pen raised quail yep and I mean there are some nationwide I think and you can get them mailed and stuff like that but having pigeons year round that you keep or is I think kind of my go to especially with so many dogs. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, I'll transition. Number three for me was, uh, force fetch, uh, Briar. Yeah. Uh, really wanting to kind of, he's, he's naturally retrieving really well and he's normally holding it, but he's, he's not finishing the drill. Mm -hmm. So I'm really wanting to work on force fetching with him. And uh, just obviously work on his water and land retrieving. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something Alba's Alba's got tuned in. Um, just need to kind of fine tune uh, Briar's retrieving and uh, uh, the off season. So looking forward to working through that. Um, so that that's going to be a, a fun task. Is Alba like a natural water retrieve? I mean, does he come yeah. out honest, or did you force fetch him? I force fetched him too, but uh, he loves the water. I mean, literally, the office at my office, I've got a like a five acre pond that overlooks, uh, like that my office overlooks, and I bring them to the office and just middle of summer day, you'll just you'll just see Alba swimming across the lake, like doing laps back and forth. So <laughs> yeah. he he loves the water, and so actually Briar does too. It's really funny. Him and Alba would just be out there swimming for 10, 15 minutes and just having a good old time chasing little purple Marvins and whatnot and having the best time. So that's awesome. Um, they're both really good swimmers. Uh, so, yeah, Alba, Alba was pretty natural. Uh, Briar will, uh, I'll just have to reinforce it. He's, like I said, this was his first full season and he did really well. Um, I just want to kind of tune it up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good, that's a very tangible training goal. And yeah, it's one of yeah. those things you can't do during the middle of a season. That's it. Because yep. that's all you do when you force fetch, you don't do anything else. That's it. Yeah. So, so that, that kind of goes along with my number three was I'm wanting to build some training facilities at my, at my house. I keep four dogs at my house and then the rest of my string stays at Quail Ridge's kennels, but I want to have some. Like I want a I want a woe table or like mm-hmm. a woe barrel basically. Yeah. And I want like a I want to build like a fenced in area for retrieval training. Like corridor. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh just just some simple basic stuff um that I can work with dogs one on one on. Yeah. So that's that'd be a good idea. We can kinda if you follow Henry on Instagram, follow me, we'll We'll try to walk you guys through that if you're just getting started with dog training um, and you want to know some simple stuff you can do at your house, this will be a good opportunity yeah, to I'm, share that. I'm bad about doing 99% of my training in the field and not enough mm-hmm. like yard work. Yeah. So yep. I'm going to try to change that up this year. And I've got a, I've got a short hair that I'm going to be training next year. I'm hoping to have him in my yeah. string pretty early on next next season so that'll be one thing that 
I try to work a lot with him. Just go ahead and get some of those foundations built before we ever get in the woods. Yeah. And, um, yeah, good point. Yeah. Just got to be, uh, Henry mentioned relies on a lot of training in the field. Uh, if you haven't listened to season one and don't know Henry, um, Henry's guides bird hunting. He, uh, helps run quail Ridge plantation and, we like when you're in that situation you rely a lot on reps i mean these dogs are getting like i think in one episode we kind of calculated up the like the amount of reps a dog will get in a season or two seasons and so it it matters a lot when you've got that access to that many reps your your dogs are hunting every like what would you say four or five days a week at least sometimes six yeah, during the like January, February, yeah. we were like six days a week, almost every week. Like it would be, it was nice. It was yeah. a nice, well-awaited break to get a half day off. Yeah, and you know they're getting like an hour, two, like two one-hour sessions a day, where they're just getting reps after rep after rep, and so the training's a little bit different when you have that kind of access to to birds and yeah and the, also if i'm hunting that much like i don't really have a choice if there's a dog yeah. that needs training they're just going to have to kind of go along with me and do mm-hmm. it in front of guests which is not ideal but yeah jesse yeah. got uh pinned into that this yeah. year sometimes you just gotta Gilly. just gotta do what you gotta do yeah i had all my fire <laughs> yep yeah but uh gilly really because i don't i haven't recorded an episode in a while but she really uh kind of came into her own late in the season this year uh she's now a full bird uh member of the string so she's yeah i was very pleased with how far she came this year yep um all right so i'm going to well i'll go with this one um one of my summer goals is to breed uh jesse my she'll be two years old by the time she comes into heat so fully developed two-year-old dog um looking for some prospects um don't want to don't want to say too much here but um (laughs) um, hopefully breeding jesse in the summer and having a litter of puppies and kind of walking through that process um uh, it's a good time to breed her she's got a fantastic pedigree as i I, uh, if you if you guys are interested in learning about how to do some pedigree research um i know a little bit about it we may talk about it during the show but if you guys are like really interested in it we'll get somebody on the show who can really speak to that subject uh but just a basics is you know you go to akc you can get what's called a research pedigree which is a it's not the little certificate that they send you it's a digital format thing and you can get up to like 10 generations there's still fees associated with it but at any rate you can look way back and see you know what's in your dog's pedigree so jesse you know especially one side of her she's just like studded out on that side and then um not too shabby on the other she's a good dog and she like henry said she she's one of those trial by fire dogs this year she just had to had to go to work with me and uh she did well. She handled a few wild coveys on her own. She handled 
you know, she did poorly some days too, but she's, she's one that's got to go back to the woe barrel, the pigeon pole and, uh, get tuned up in the off season, but getting Jesse bread. Nice. That's, uh, uh, yeah. Number two for me was, uh, <clears throat> let's see. Yeah. Number two for me was kind of, it was build a kennel in the backyard, uh, with, with the uh, possible expansion of, of my strength. Um, mm-hmm. So wanting to kind of <laughs> wife's kind of what we've got two, two dogs that stay out in the yard or, or ride in the truck with me every day for work. And uh, they, the dogs come in in the afternoons. And uh, I think once the kid comes, uh, baby James comes, uh, Tara's sweet baby James. Time. She's going to try to nip that in the butt from having dogs in the house. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, or they're going to have a little bit more limited time in the house. Yeah. So, um, especially if I'm wanting to build, build my kennel a little bit, um, more than three dogs will, uh, will be, will be a little excessive in the house. So, um, either way, I'm going to build, try to get a kennel built in the backyard. I've got about, uh, three quarters of an acre fenced in, in the backyard. And, uh, I've got two old sheds that, uh, I'm probably going to retro a little bit and, uh, get those tuned up. So yeah, that's, that's one of my, one of my goals as well in the off season. Just make, good. make sure you build a little, little bunk area out there. Cause at, yeah, at, some, at yeah, some point, uh, at some point you're going to be in the doghouse too. Yeah. I, I, uh, I will have a bunk bed with the dogs. There's <laughs> yeah. no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Well, my number two kind of goes back to what Sam was saying about breeding his dog, Jesse. Um, one of my biggest off season goals is to find a male Visla to partner up with, uh, my female Gilly that I was just talking about. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm going to be looking around and don't really have, I mean, I'll, I'm willing to travel pretty far to get one. So definitely want to make sure that the pedigrees line up and we're not, we're not too closely related or anything, but, um, that's, that's one of my big goals is to find a, a, a breeding pair or partner for, uh, for my female Visla. Yeah. The common thread here too, is these are strength. These are line projects for Quail Ridge basically. I mean, this is like getting the genetics sorted out to ensure the kennel longevity. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, not, I this, mean, some this, of it's personal. This, uh, yeah. I mean, cause this is personal. <laughs> <laughs> Quail Ridge. It's, it's kind of funny. has a funny history with Vislas in general. Like in the early two thousands, my dad got a female and to my knowledge, and I've probably mentioned this before on a, on the podcast, but to my knowledge at that point in time, there weren't a lot of visas being used in this area of South Georgia for upland hunting. I mean, no. there were probably a, a handful of breeders down here, but I'm sure they were mostly for personal you know, use, pet, pets and mm-hmm. show dogs, that kind of thing. So I want to keep that tradition going and, you know, have some, have some red dogs in the kennel at, at Quail Ridge. Cause right now we've kind of, we've kind of bred ourselves into a corner. So we're, we're looking at bringing some, new genetics in yeah 30 years good run though hmm? 30 years that's a pretty good run oh yeah is that 30 well 20 20 ish i don't know 
I'm trying to think of when they can. Anyway, um, what are we on number number two? Are we counting back? Yeah, I've done my number two. All right, I'm checking off my list. Don't worry, I wash my hands after. You know what? I'm I was gonna save this one for number one, but Jace kind of broke it. I'm I have uh, kennels. And I have a pretty good dog run in the back, but we've just been like during this season, we have been undertaking a new kennel project that um, include a barn. Like it's a big barn for us. And uh, funny enough, it actually does have a, a room in it that we call the dog room and we'll have at least a futon in it for a guest. If you know, we got, guys that we hunt with from out of town jace being one of them you know so they'll be somewhere you can stay with your dog but the room is just for that my wife doesn't um we don't do inside dogs so it the whole room is for me to be able to hang out with my dogs inside (laughs) um and it not be my house but it will be attached to our um uh new covered kennels uh the plan right now is to have six to eight uh, kennel runs for not only my personal dogs, but boarding and training uh, others' dogs. Um, so, yeah, that's a big project that we've been uh, – it's been a long time coming. Hopefully, we get it finished up by midsummer is my goal to get to get it all uh, built up and and really nice-looking just so we have more room for we got at least two more dog personal dogs uh coming i haven't even started looking i know i need them i haven't started looking for them yet i've got very specific criteria for them um but yeah so finishing our big kennel facility kind of exploring that part of the industry as far as uh doing a little boarding doing a little training um helping people out yeah so that's uh the big kennel facility nice that's my yeah my number two that's number two um and we kind of hit on this earlier i know all of ours are kind of jumbled up but mine was uh my number one was we had all talked about uh a trip so i I, my number one was to plan the trip and, and to execute a trip um i've been fortunate the last uh let's see probably the last six octobers i've gone somewhere in the north woods between michigan minnesota uh wisconsin uh finger lakes region of new york um so gone to a handful of places went to nebraska um so been able to cover some ground but would like to like to put a trip together um and make it kind of an annual thing so um that's kind of my my number ones to get that on the books and to start gearing up and getting excited about it yeah something early october would really be perfect for me yep we're not really into the heat of hunting season at all here but it's just close enough that i'm really antsy in early october to, to go hunting so it is something to get you excited about early season. Um, yeah. The only problem is, is like October 20th through the 26th over here where I'm at in Statesboro is like 
prime time rut too. So it's uh, like yeah. I'm born between like chasing a couple big white tails or going to the north woods, but I much rather take my dogs and, and run them on grouse and woodcock any day of the week. So, um, but other than that, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about that and kind of, we, we've thrown a lot of stuff around, uh, places around and, uh, I'm excited to kind of get some stuff, uh, ironed out and figured out where we're going. If you have a large tract of land (laughs) and are willing to let some crazy dogs run around on your property, (laughs) um, get in touch. Yeah. 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 Holler at your boys. Yeah. We'd love to, uh, release havoc on your property. (laughs) We're very respectful. Okay. In a very respectful way. Okay. We pick up our litter. Okay. We bury our poop. We don't just (laughs) leave toilet paper on the ground. Um, yeah, dude, this trip thing, y'all are thinking ahead. That's not even on my list, but it should be. Like, where am I at? Get this trip planned. Maybe I was just taking it for granted that like, that's just going to happen. It was just a done deal in your head, I guess, which is fine. You I mean, gotta be is. intentional about it. This is why we that's make right. these lists because yeah, you never know. We got, we got to all be on the gonna same for, page. Who's going to forget what? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, my number one's been covered, but it's to keep my dogs in shape in the off season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd always say that I'm going to do a better job of it and end up, you know, that first, that first hunt rolls around sometime in October and I got a bunch of fat out of shape dogs that are like <laughs> wheezing and wanting to go back to the Jeep after five minutes. But, um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to run my dogs more in the off season, hopefully keep us both in halfway decent shape for the start of next year yeah that's my number one goal yeah i would like to per uh, to that end i'd like to purchase a uh inexpensive two-wheel drive four-wheeler for roading um that's not on my list officially but you know <laughs> hey if you're out there and you're thinking hey i have an old crappy four-wheeler hanging around and i would love to sell that thing also hit me up we're just like this is a big ask episode yeah i was gonna say speaking of roading dogs i had a uh, (laughs) oh man where's this story going yeah where's this going i had um that short hair that's been at the kennel that oh uh, yeah yeah, of clays yeah Yeah. huge dog like horse proportions (laughs) um just like a giant big-headed Short hair. It's probably like legit eighty pounds. I'd say more. Short hair. Yeah, I would easily say more. Well, I'm I'm feeding the dogs up last week, and I get to his pen. I open it up, but when I close the latch, I forget to put the carabiner through the little hole. Mm-hmm. Of course, in like fifteen seconds, he's got it nosed open and he's gone. And so I'm just like, well, whatever. Like he'll run himself out because there's no way I'm catching him. It's a young dog, but full grunt like. Fully yeah, grown. Yeah. Like a one and a half year old. Something so I'm like, like you know, whatever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep feeding the dogs. I get done feeding them and he's still hanging around. I'll see him every like three or four minutes. He'll run by. I'm like, dang, he's not tired out yet. Like he's not in great shape right now. So finally I see him and he, I'm in my car, like trying to chase him down. And he, he takes off running through our cut through road, which is, I don't know, three quarters of a mile, yeah, couple yeah, of a mile, easily. something yeah. like that. And so he's, he takes off running down that road, and eventually it, it tees into a dirt road. Well, I finally get to where 
he looks like he's starting to slow down and I kind of slam on the brakes, throw it in park and jump out and like run probably another 200 yards until I finally catch up to him. <laughs> this is a wild dog. Yeah. Like he has, he came to us this season because his owner didn't have time for him. And to be honest with you, I haven't had time for him. Yeah. Yet. This season has been nuts, but, uh, I finally get my hands on him. He's just like a blubbering mess. I drag him back to the car. Keep in mind, I'm in a, pathfinder it's not like a woods vehicle by any means (laughs) and i'm so i'm left to like hold him by the collar and drive the three quarters of a mile back to the kennel you know i'll go like 20 yards and stop let him catch his breath and stuff and go another 20 yards and finally we make it back i'm like i will never leave your door unlatched again i have learned my lesson and i'm calling your owner tomorrow to come get you because i yeah like he has been nothing but trouble since he's been at that kennel. Oh my gosh! Chewing up the the dang feeder. Like, oh yeah. Anytime he gets out, it's just like a. I don't know. He's one of those dogs that like he's all he's single minded about escaping his his enclosure, and then when he gets out, you're not catching him for a good fifteen twenty minutes. Uh. So uh, maybe that's another good off season goal: is to either get him out of there or get him to where he'll Trained. actually come. <laughs> Whenever I call him. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, so uh that's my that's that's been my only dog roading experience lately. That's nuts. Um so my last one officially, I guess, you know, we'll throw some unofficials in there. Um, is to get more involved with FCA outdoors in our area. It's kind of a new thing coming into South Georgia through uh, Gerald Panel, who is also the Georgia Nastra, Georgia Region Nastra president. He uh, he took this role on uh, its Fellowship of Christian Athletes, but the outdoor. So usually, Fellowship of Christian Athletes is more like you know your traditional football, baseball, soccer, tennis those kind of organized sports. Well, now there's an outdoors one that kind of looks more to, you know, like bass fishing teams and uh, sporting clay teams. And so there's a lot to be done there and some cool ideas coming down the pipeline. And it's all kind of revolving around getting the next generation interested in the outdoors. But my specifics is like getting the next generation interested in dogs and bird bird hunting, (laughs) guiding, but it's kind of a dying thing as far as like young people who are interested in the reality of hunting dogs. So, I mean, there's a lot of people interested in just hunting breeds, you know, or even going hunting. Like there's, yeah, at a, at a preserve, little bit of interest there but like as far as being upland hunters i think yeah in our area it's we, need, we need more people about that life yeah yeah so just giving uh young people opportunity to see what it's like to handle a dog to to hunt not just over a dog that somebody else is running but to actually hunt with the dog because I think that's a whole different experience. And if you've ever guided a hunt, because Jay, I don't know if you've like guided in any official capacity, but you've definitely 
taken other people hunting, right? Yeah, and I've yeah, yeah, I've guided in a handful of different environments. So yeah. Yeah, so I mean you get the you know what it's like then. It's like the difference between guiding hunters who are shooting over your dog and then yep. having to yep. hunt with your dog where you're the shooter, handler, everything, and you're hunting with another person that is handling their dog. And you right. don't have, you're not handling their dog. You're not in control of the whole situation. So it's just different. It To me, it's pretty different. I'm, I'm like visualizing, like, because I showed pigs a few times when I was coming up. And how cool would it be to like, you know, when you're showing pigs, you you go, you buy the pig at a, at a young age, raise it up, and then go to the show with it. How cool would it be to like have these kids and that would be a lot harder because it's a dog. Yeah, you don't they send live the, longer. You yeah. don't send the dog off to slaughter. But, <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's obviously well, some, uh, frowned upon. Some, some drawbacks. <laughs> yeah. But, they don't taste good. <laughs> uh, so some people might argue yeah. with, with you there, but, um, how cool would it be to have like a group of kids, like get their first bird dogs together and, and yeah. train them. And then at the end of that, year like have almost like a mock field trial or something well we know so there's two and you know please go look at these uh initiatives i know there's a youth field trialers organization we're gonna try to have the person who heads that up in our area on the podcast soon Uh, and it's like preparing young people to run like all age and gun dog like american field style field trials nastra National Shoot to Retrieve Association. North American Shoot to Retrieve? I'm going to call it North American Shoot to Retrieve Association. They already have youth built into the framework, so they have provisions for youth handlers. There's like a division that you run in. And so um, I just think it would be neat to, to kind of mentor a young person I'm thinking a high school student that is interested in dogs, giving them a chance to go to go run these dogs in a competitive environment to to kind of see what that's like. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm very similar to animal shows, but just a lot more interactive. Way cooler. Well, way cooler. Here's the deal, too. I mean, how how important is it to, for us to to be mentors and to disciple? I mean, so to to do yeah. all of the above. Yeah, in an uh, FCA context, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, in the end, Everyman Upland, we're, our goal is to, we're Everyman Upland, but in our capacity, we're essentially, not only are we disciples uh, of a living God, we're also disciples of of allowing bird dogging to, to go further than just us. Yeah. And we were, we were all fortunate enough to have mentors or, parents or any anything in between that that taught us the ins and outs of what we know and uh what's better than than sharing that so um so yeah i I think that's a a great thing and um yeah love to see where that's gonna go yeah so it's how my off-season list to to work with gerald hopefully to have him on the show soon to talk Uh, he's been on the show we did a nastra show in season one where we kind of did like a mock field trial. You can walk along with us there. Um, but to have him back on the show to talk a little bit more about FCA Outdoors and, and what he's been doing there and uh, how you can possibly get involved there. <clears throat> um, 
Yeah, or or just youth field trialing in general. Uh, if you're a young person listening to the show, you are outside of our um, probably main listening demographic, but there are ways for you to get involved um, that are safe and and encouraging communities for you to get involved with. So um, we're at 48 minutes. Thanks for hanging with us. Uh, we'd love to hear uh, your top five off-season goals. You can tag us at EverymanUpland on Instagram. Uh, Henry is at QuailGuideDogMan, all separated by periods or dots. Yeah, by periods. Uh, Jace is at Jace Brooks. 80 34 <laughs> Jace Brooks at Jace Brooks 34 um so hit us up on Instagram um you know real quick uh top off well top non upland related for Jace is uh having a kid that's your top one Henry what's your oh, top non upland related off season thing oh gosh um Huh, top. What are you looking forward to? Mm, uh, we've got a trip planned to uh, Charleston, South Carolina, so that should be fun. Whoa, whoa. That, that does sound cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, fishing. I'm like full on, like ready to go fishing. Yeah. I'm, on I'm, the river, uh, uh, wherever. It, it doesn't matter. I'm tying flies and and getting my gear straightened out and just ready to go. Got my boat. It's not like tuned up in a mechanical sense, but just cleaned up and, and ready to go. I don't have a motor on my boat, so no no tune-ups required. Maybe that should be an off-season goal. Get motor for boat. <laughs> um, yeah, so guys, it's been a real season. It's been a real season. We're looking forward to quail camp. It's crazy. Crazy. It's uh, it's already coming on. So fast. It flew by. On our last episode, I was going to say one of my lessons learned is you never get to hunt as much as you want to. I've never thought like, man, I, I got, that was a lot of hunting. I got to do as much hunting as I wanted to. Nope. Oop. I don't think I've ever thought that. I came close because – by the end of well, working. by the end of like wild bird season mm-hmm. in Georgia, I was tuckered. Even though the last <laughs> the last weekend, I still went out. Well, the last huntable weekend for me, I think it was a week before the season went out. But yeah. I still was out there. I worked six days in a row, and on my Sunday off, I still went out with uh with old Craig. Old Craig, man, this season. So just a we got about you know five minutes here. This se- this season at Quail Ridge felt insane. Did it feel more busy than any other year to you? Or uh, I definitely hunted more this year than I have in a long time, and I think part of that was like other people getting sick or just being kind of in that. I would say number one or two spot. Just like if if there was hunting going on, if there was one party there, I yeah, was I was yeah, out with them, and yeah. so I I did get worn down although most years during like february march time frame there's like a 
there's this thing where all the guides are kind of on edge and at each other's throats and it takes like absolutely nothing to set somebody off. I didn't really feel that as bad this year. Like we got a good group of guides. Yeah. I'm I'm thankful for that, that everything went smoothly and you know, nobody was fighting each other. It did seem less. Yeah. There's a couple of days where tensions were high, but nothing like years past. So that was a, that was a something that, was better this season than, than seasons mm-hmm. I remember in the past. Yeah. But man, there were just birds everywhere all season. Like, I don't think I had a hunt where I didn't find like a big wild covey. Dude, I showed people some birds, man. We showed people hundreds of birds per hunt. I mean, I think you usually see like a hundred. Maybe. I don't know. There's some tough years, but. This this was, it was insane this year. It was just a crazy year. The wild birds on Quail Ridge were crazy. They were always out and like, kind of knew where to find them. And man, they're exciting. Yeah. So hopefully, because they're wild, we assume they'll be there next year. They'll That's breed right. and hopefully have babies and be there next. Unless some crazy weather event. Well, yeah. just keep fire fire on the landscape and, and just well, keep about, at it. It's about to start up, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Like probably in two weeks we're going to start burning, get everything scorched and ready for next year. It's crazy right. to go out there and think that that's like one year of growth. Yeah. I mean, not everywhere. But uh, just the wiregrass in some of those areas, you're like, this is one year? Well, just think of how thick it'd be if you didn't burn it. Oh, golly. <laughs> you know, your dog hair stand. Be like public land. Be, be so thick <laughs> yeah. you'd have to back up the thumb cock a pistol. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. Oh, that's a good one. All right. So, guys, uh, time to get to it. Like we said, you got to be intentional about these off-season projects, off-season goals. Be intentional. Let us help you uh, if you, if you need uh, – I won't. I will, probably won't show up to your house to help you build a kennel, but I will hold you accountable if you if you tell me, "Hey, I got this goal. Let's do it." Okay, I'll help you there. Um, we did have some fan questions from last week. Uh, I don't know if anybody's had time to think about the mentor because we had a, a couple of people asking about they're they're wanting to get into this, they're about this, they just need. They, they're looking for a mentor. And so I think we gave some advice, like go look at your, your NASTRA organizations, your NAVDA, AKC, UKC, Quail Forever, whatever. Henry, do you have anything to add to that list? Uh, I would say check Facebook and, and like search groups um, in your area. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's local chapters of NASTRA and um, – there's a lot of organizations that, that run various types of field trials and there's more than likely one in your area. So look up things like NASTRA or, uh, NAVDA or, um, American field. Yeah. I mean, some, somewhere within an hour of you, more than likely there's going to be some, at least someone involved. Yeah. Um, so Facebook groups is, is kind of my go-to when I'm looking for, you know, advice on new topics. Yep. We're going to have uh, some new episodes, new guests coming out uh, weekly, so stick with us. Uh, follow us on Instagram and have a good week. Happy.
the offseason, guys.